Welcome everyone to the Rambling B. Jones podcast. Today we are having food from the Silk Road. We are having Habad. This is a actual uh, northern style hot pot. My favorite being Sichuan hot pot. But this food comes from the, the Silk Road and as people would travel bringing their various goods, foods, vegetables, meats, traveling across the Silk Road. They would combine all these things together in a boiling pot of oil and the experience is always different and the flavor is always different because whatever you put in there uh, changes the flavor. So each time hot pot's kind of unique in, in that sense. So today we're having a, a northern style which has a lot of lamb, not super spicy. If you, if you have the Sichuan style, those are going to be volcanic. That's the only way to describe those, how spicy they are. But every bit delicious as they are spicy. This is more of a mild uh, mushrooms, lotus, some lamb. Uh, we, we do have some tripe, stomach. Uh, that, that stuff will be coming later. I, I can't remember exactly what we ordered right now. But currently I'm in Shanghai, and but this is a northern-style restaurant. They use a cauldron of of uh, like brass kettles. So it's a brass kettle that filters uh, water up like through like a chimney system. And as your, uh, as the, the oils and water boils, you add things and you pull it up, dip it in some sauce and enjoy it. This style, it, when you visit Asia. Uh, the Japanese actually have a style too. It's called shabu shabu. If you've ever had that, shabu shabu. Sorry, not shabu. I think it's shabu. Yeah, shabu shabu. That is more of a mild, savory, more savory. Yeah, you can even add noodles in it, like udon noodles, style of hot pot. Very delicious as well. I, I recommend that if you ever have a chance to eat shapu shapu. Very good. The Chinese style, go. If you're going Chinese style, uh, go hard. Go full Sichuan. Get all the peppers. Bring the heat. As you eat the Sichuan hot pot, the, as the water evaporates, those chilies and oils are getting condensed. So as you eat the hot pot, it just gradually starts creeping up on you. You think maybe in the beginning, it's like, ah, this is spicy, but I can handle it. But by the end, uh, <laughs> your your skin's melting and where the the steam's coming off the, the, the pot, it's basically mace. <laughs> You're just getting sprayed with mace because all that vapor is hitting you with all those oils and spices. So it's getting in your eyes and you're clutching the table trying to stay upright and hang in there to go go the full 12 rounds but uh, a Hong Kong hot pot now that's something that I had because we're coming up on Thanksgiving here in Shanghai but this was several years ago I went and played a hockey tournament in Hong Kong yes they they have uh, ice hockey and that's also in one of our podcasts as well is uh, how ice hockey is seen around the world it's not just European Canadian sport now it's 
a, a, a bit global, more global than people think. And even in Southeast Asia, there are pockets of it. And uh, surprisingly, it is followed by uh, by a, a larger uh, diversity of people than you might think. In Hong Kong, a lot of the hot pots are nothing more than boiling water. They might have a, a little flavor, but the, the, the main focus is the meats. The meats and the ingredients you're putting in there, then you're dipping your sauces once you pulled it out of the pot. So I was playing a Hong Kong tournament. I had a friend there, and she said, let's go have an authentic Hong Kong-style hot pot for Thanksgiving dinner. Great. Went there, and it's probably the the first and is the first time, but most likely the last time that I, I will ever eat ostrich testicles. Those things are about the size of a grapefruit, and putting them in a boiling pot of water doesn't really mask any of the flavors that you get when you have to tear through the outer membrane to oh enjoy a nice explosion, if you will, of salty, uh, yeah, salty inner liquids. Not not too far off from my typical family Thanksgivings, right? Just American, you know, turkey, pumpkin pie, ostrich testicles. Yeah, that's that was my Thanksgiving one year. And the, the, the worst part about it was just you couldn't eat it and just go on. It, the, the ostrich, like the, 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 after it's boiled, it was just so tough to pull through it. So I... I don't think I even made it all the way through a, a full one. Like I said, it's about the size of a grapefruit. <laughs> but I, I, so that's not my favorite style, if, if I have to say that. My favorite is a nice meat if you can get, like the, the shapu shapu, you can have uh, like wego beef, Kobe beef, some like really nice marbled cuts. And th those are really delicious. So they're, they're sliced thin. So how do you know they're done? You don't want to overcook them because they're sliced super thin. Some you could almost see through. So like vegetables like lotus, they you let those sit in there for a while. You can also, uh, like fish stomach, that's something that a lot of hot pots have in it. And they sit in there a while and they will be, if you eat those, they've sat in there so long, they've absorbed so many oils. If you can eat those, like or potatoes, those will be the spiciest things of the whole whole dish. So your meats are cut really thin, and you don't want to overcook them. You have lotus, potatoes, those things that I mentioned earlier, and mushrooms. They have to sit there a while. But your your meat, you really, and also uh, stomach. It, it, the the tripe is sliced so thin, you do not want to overcook it, or it becomes you, you ruin the flavor. It becomes rubbery. So in Chengdu, they have a saying called Qi Shang Ba Sha, which is seven up, eight down. And that's just how many times you dip it. And once you do that, seven times dip, you're ready to go. That's it. You don't want to cook it any further. This one's running off of, sometimes they go on like butane burners. This one's like an alcohol, like these alcohol fuel cells that they burn. 
and that'll heat the cauldron up pretty well. Sometimes you also can use a, an eye, just just like a, an electric eye. At home, we use just a butane burner. Those are good, but you go through the the butane uh, cartridges pretty pretty quick. You just one for each time. So if you had a restaurant, that's not really viable. But these cauldrons, they're like a this one being Mongolian style, has two sides. It's copper. Water goes in got all your meats, vegetables on the side, and as the water heats up on the side, the steam rises through the middle, so it's like a pipe system in, in, in the middle. Very delicious. Let's see, we have in there ginger, mushrooms, uh, lamb parts and a cover just to heat it up. Oh, it's hot. Now we, gotta wait. we have to wait for what? I don't know. Yeah, you have to wait till it starts boiling. Now that that's one thing that I always have a problem with. Oh, wait, let's see what, oh, we have stomach. Yeah, we have stomach, lotus, tofu. Looks like some pickled cabbage, rice noodles. Uh, is that tofu? Yeah, so tofu. Can't have that. I'm allergic to tofu. <clears throat> so the options with these are traditionally they're, they're spicy. So the, like the Sichuan style is very spicy. I mean, so spicy. Uh, you just have to experience it to understand how hot they really are and how delicious it is. In Sichuan, this, each restaurant makes their own uh, chili oil. So that they have the chili oil. Oh, okay. What do we have here? Uh, it's a bit different. Okay, for the dipping sauces, this one has uh, some kind of peanut with a... That's like fermented soybean sauce there. Then they have garlic, garlic, uh, sesame oil, which is the, uh, that's what you, the, we'll do Chengdu style, as I'll call it, which is the capital of Sichuan. So with that really spicy hot pot that you're dipping your meats in, you dip it in, your sauce will be sesame oil and a lot of garlic, a ton of garlic, probably I have a big hand, so my handful of garlic in a bowl, just raw garlic. So garlic it is used oftenly when you have not so credible meats, so it, it, it will kill bacteria. So it's really good to eat a lot of raw garlic if your meat's very suspicious. So I, I think that's probably how it got introduced into the dipping sauce, I'm not sure. But it is delicious as well, and I, I'm not really a big fan of garlic. We have a big bowl of mushrooms here, the ear fungus mushroom. It's a black, and it's called wood ear because it does look like an ear. Very crunchy mushroom, needle mushrooms. They are five inches long, very thin. I lost a crown one time eating those. The, the needle mushroom got caught in my crown. I tried to 
just it feels like floss because they're so thin and it was in there and I it just popped out so that's going to be another story about dental work uh, on another podcast about having that fixed because that was an experience having the crown put back on put back in and that was actually done here in China as well on the cheap so uh, yeah that is not recommended but had to be done we have some oyster mushrooms as well it's a lot of mushrooms that's my favorite maybe more so than the meat just depends on where you get your meat in in Asia meats is, is very expensive so especially in China it's hard to get a, a high quality meat that isn't absurdly expensive. I'm talking uh, $50 a pound for, for what would be just standard ribeye that you could get $7 a pound, I would say, in the States. Not, not a premium cut by any means. If you want premium cut, like the USDA, like the Select, like Grade A Select, Sometimes you can find it in the supermarket. I, I, I buy it $12, $13 a pound. That will be $100 a pound here in China, in Shanghai, if you want to buy that. So for a hot pot to go in a restaurant, that, that's what it would cost you in the supermarket to buy. So if you went to a restaurant and they're serving it, it it's just very expensive. Well, let's see what we have here. We have some, is this lamb? Yeah, we have some grilled lamb to start off before that. Very good, fatty lamb. So usually, your good meats are going to be lamb, lamb, chicken, pork. A good cut of beef is, is, is expensive. So, I like to bring back packets of, of the chili, of the, like, the, the actual bricks of chili that come from Sichuan and make my own hot pot at home, buy some really nice beef, slice it myself and have have a uh, I'll, I'll say even a better hot pot than here because once you have the sauces the meats you can uh, they no matter where you go here uh, the meat's just not going to compare to what you can get especially for the price in the US or Australia New Zealand beef <clears throat> A lot of these little lamb pieces, so good. Yeah, they're covered in like a like a cumin sauce. Cumin, a little spicy. Mm. So when I first started eating hot pot, and that's something if if you travel to China and you have local friends, they're going to uh, your your first meal or two. It's going to be hot pot, and I I never liked it because you have this boiling pot in which everyone's sitting around putting their chopsticks in, in into the same pot. Now it is boiling, but when you add new things, it's going to stop boiling. So you have a lot of, a lot of potential for cross-contamination. From a cooking standpoint, you, you, don't want, <laughs> you don't want to take your chopsticks that you're eating with, grab a raw meat you put it into the the pot, but your your, your chopsticks still have, have have touched the raw the raw meat. So I was always the one that would have to have 
I'd be like, all right, we, we're setting aside these chopsticks. They only touch the meat. And people <laughs> would always be like, oh, you baby. Yeah, well, after you crap your pants so many times, uh, <laughs> nothing you can do about that. So other than fix it. And that's not being too crude, but you, you can't be eating raw meat and touching your utensils. And also, I never like the peanut sauce. I like this fermented soybean sauce. I don't like all of those. After going to Chengdu and having the Sichuan style, I really like the, the, the spicy just cauldron of oils and just dip it into the, the sesame and chopped garlic. That's a really good combination, and I think they, they have it right. It's simpler, but it's, it's better. It's absolutely impossible to, to describe how unique each restaurant is in Sichuan. Now I'm in Shanghai and we're having the, the northern style hot pot, the, the Mongolian style. But my favorite is the Sichuan. It's just the open, just the open bowl. Uh, rich to like dark red to almost black that the, the chili oil is. And every restaurant has their own secret recipe, and the flavors are just so unique. I, I can't describe it, but they're different, and they are so spicy, but so good. You will just punish yourself. It's like being uh, punched punched in the gut and be like, oh, just. Have, but you have to have another. So when I was eating the. Hot pot and such one. Just, I had a pile of napkins. My nose was dripping, just running everywhere. I'm basically just cramming napkins up my nose to get it to stop from running. I don't know how many cans of Coke. And Coke, by the way, the best combination with spicy food is Coca-Cola. For the super spicy food, Coke, a cold Coca-Cola, there's nothing, nothing's better than that. But I was going through quite a few because this food was so was just so nuclear everyone else in the restaurant the local Chengdu people they they didn't have anything to drink not, not a glass of water maybe some tea some drink the like white wines called Baijiu that's it and I, I definitely look like a, an amateur I was but even I, I don't know how much spicy food you'd have to eat to build up that tolerance because it was incredibly spicy. My body just sweating, shaking. It's so spicy, but it's so good. And that, that's the thing you make. Like, why would you eat something so spicy? It's because it was so delicious. And I've, I've had a lot of spicy foods, but the way that they let the, the chilies and oils mix and, and saturate, it's, it, it really is something special. So that's recommended to do if you ever visit China is to go to Chengdu, central China. Bit of a trip, but definitely worth it. Because Chengdu um, is in that ancient pathway of the Silk Road. Oh. Had a girl fall in the restaurant. A little bit clumsy. Too much. Too much spicy food. So 
Yeah, Chengdu sits on the silk on the Silk Road, and the 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 chilies that they have, the red chilies that most people associate with Sichuan, are not native. They come over from the Americas. So that was just one of those things that once the discovery of the Americas happened, chilies made their way on the Silk Road, and they just found home in. Sichuan, and now Sichuan's just synonymous with spicy food, but those really nice red chilies actually come from uh, South America. Mm. With some pickled radishes, some peanuts, Coca-Cola, cola. Oh, thank you, and a straw. A twisty straw. Mm. So let me... Well, right now I'm at uh, 10 minutes. So I will stop. Okay. What is this? Just like a shoulder, the shoulder of the meat. Yeah, it's lamb. Yeah. Okay. No, that's the vertebrae. It's the back. Yeah. It's the probably neck bones. Yeah, yeah neck bones. Now, through the magic of editing, we have jumped from doing Chinese hot pot in China, specifically Shanghai, to doing shabu-shabu, as I mentioned earlier, in Tokyo. Right now we're having shabu-shabu overlooking uh, the, the streets of Tokyo, a very beautiful restaurant on, I don't know, 12th floor, I think, something like that. You can see all the crosswalks, all the city lights. And we have uh, excellent Wagyu beef. Wagyu beef, dipping it in the shabu-shabu. And something I didn't mention earlier that uh, I was reminded of is the uh, traditional Japanese style of doing the, the hot pot or the shabu-shabu as they call it is dipping your meat into a fresh egg, so a raw egg. You crack a raw egg and dip the, the meat into the egg, and that's your, your sauce. Not really my kind of thing. I, I still went with the kind of garlic, sesame, some pickled radish. This one, I, I don't really like the raw egg on, on meat. And you definitely have to make sure that thing is fresh and can be using old eggs or uh, I don't know. Oh, we have udon noodles to put in there as well. Some ramen, some udon. But the meat is beautifully marbled. Wagyu. Mm, so good. We're actually at a place where you can eat, um, you get 100 minutes, see how much you can eat. And they keep bringing you the Wagyu beef. And pretty reasonable price, maybe 
Forty dollars a person, not bad for that for that kind of quality meat. Very delicious. Let's put the udon in the broth here. Uh, Turn it this budget. Yeah, you can put some like bok bok choys in there. Some baizai. Okay, got some udon in the. The beef broth. Let those noodles soak up that beef broth. Beef, beef broth. <laughs> there we go. It'll be delicious. Yeah, excellent skyline view. Too bad this is a podcast. That have all the taxis in. If you are not aware, Japan they do drive on the British side of the road. Let's see, you got uh, some tofu. Of course, I don't eat. Dried onions. Yeah, I, I just don't like the egg. I can't even, yeah, I just, I just don't like doing the raw egg. Can't do that. No, no. Yeah, it was interesting coming in today from, uh, I, I flew from Shanghai to Tokyo and just getting through checking in and clearing customs in Pudong took me right at three hours. I had just arrived a little early and not really expecting to be there that early, but thankfully I was. But just if you ever have to fly in and out of, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the most delayed airport in the world. Yeah, it's it's a little bit brutal. And I, I've been actually having a, a, a nice film, slimy layer of sweat on me uh, ever since I stepped into that airport. Because they, this is, where, when I used to live in Shanghai, the humidity there is, it's always, year-round, it's 80, 90% humidity. Uh, on any given day. So when you go in from one building to the next, they usually have uh, the, the temperature set pretty high or you just have so many people around you, it's just naturally hot. So when you're walking outside, it, the temperature can be a little cool, but it's very humid no matter when it is. So you have a coat or something, sweater, it's gonna slowly start expanding. Uh, your jeans are going to get a little longer. Sweater is going to start drooping because it's just hot and sweaty. So standing in the line at the airport for three hours, it, it's tough. And it's always interesting to see people who wear like uh, uh, they like a Canada Goose, which is a down. If you don't know that, it's a down. Uh, they sell down jackets, like Arctic expedition jackets. Something that is probably for below zero only below zero has to be the the baseline but before you can even put something like that on but people will stand in line just to show their their fashion and loyalty to the brand show that they have one but you can see them just dripping in sweat yeah i, I can't do that i was the only person standing in a t-shirt but i, I don't care because 
it gets pretty sticky in a Chinese airport any time of the year. But I'm going to finish up the Shabu Shabu here. We have a few more minutes left and uh, see what Tokyo can bring us on the next coming days. Thank you for listening.